Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. Apologies for my scratchy throat. I'm going to try and keep it to a minimum. We welcome you back to Castle Rock this week as we discuss episodes three and four of season two. But before we get into it, how was your week? I'm still recovering. There's that. It's just being tired a lot and everything. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. I had a really nice, relaxing weekend. That's good. And you had a better weekend than I did. I went away. Mm-hmm. I went outside for the first time what to was a it place. Like? It was nice. I still wore a mask. So that's good. It was really nice. It was nice. Mm-hmm. I was. I needed it more than I thought I did. It was a positive experience. I'm surprised that people don't realize the effect of actually being out in the world. You know, you, you become so accustomed to the situation that there's kind of a shock that you experience when you're talking to other people. And yeah. And I also think that people are weirdly hard on themselves. Like, mm-hmm. I need everybody to understand that whether or not it seems like your life changed a lot in the last year, mm. the world has undergone a cumulative trauma for the yeah. last year. And if you're of a vulnerable population, you may have gone over gone through multiple traumas yeah. in the last year. So, you know, be good to yourself. But it was nice to be out safely. I was around all vaccinated people. That's good. We went and wine tasting. Yourself. I am vaccinated myself. Wine tasting. We went wine tasting. Then we went whiskey taste it, tasting. And because I am a nice person, I brought back wine and You're whiskey so sweet. to share with my friends. And now we are back at it. <laughs> My voice is shot because I talked more this weekend than I'm not used to talking. Mm. Uh, but I think it's good. It's positive. We're recording on 420. So Tell some things happen. 420 for civilians. Well, there are many significances. Mm-hmm. My favorite headline today was a Hard Times headline, which is a satirical website that said, Derek Chauvin bummed that he won't be able to celebrate Hitler's birthday in style because of guilty verdicts. Is it Hitler's birthday? 420 is also Hitler's birthday. I had no idea. It is the weed holiday, though there is no conclusive evidence as to why. Uh, So our roommate... I thought it was a police code. Mm. Nope. For possession. Right? No, I don't believe so. And and even if it was a police code in one jurisdiction for possession, yeah. it's that doesn't mean that's the, the case everywhere. There there are multiple. It's like where the where the word fuck came from. There mm-hmm. are multiple ideas, yeah. and none of them are right. So, uh, but yeah, our roommate works at a dispensary, so she's not home yet. Yeah. <laughs> it will be a long day for her. And then we did get the Derek Chauvin trial results back. And then, of course, as we were just breathing a sigh of relief that the thing everybody thought should happen did happen, news of another police killing in Columbus, Ohio came out. So. it's. I was shocked to learn that there had been 45 mass shootings. In April so far. In April so far. 2020 was the highest shooting death uh, total in a very long time. Right. Uh, It was just done in homes. It was done domestically Mm. rather than out in public where there were large groups of people because there weren't large groups of people. And now, apparently, we're playing catch-up. Yeah. So... Disgusting. There are many things to be grateful for and more things to be sickened by. So well, there's things that we can try to change. Yay. Yes. This definitely needs to change. Yeah. Fewer guns on police, on people. Just, just in general. Generally. Uh, there doesn't need to be more guns than humans in the United States, and yet there are twice as many guns as humans in the United States. So that's a situation. All right. Do you want to get into Castle Rock? Yes, Which is a, a better topic. I yeah, uh, came okay. home from my long weekend, and we watched both episodes last night in preparation for today. The first episode that we watched was episode three. It is entitled Ties That Bind. Uh-huh. You'll recall that episode two ended with 
Annie looking out her or looking in her rearview mirror to see the man that she had killed two episodes ago or an, an episode ago standing in the rain behind her. And so that is where we, that is exactly where this episode picks up. There are beetles all over the, the air and Ace just standing there looking menacingly at her. And she runs into the house and Joy asks her what's wrong. And we see with um, sort of almost, I, I would say a little bit heavy handed mm-hmm. camera tricks here right. uh, that uh, Annie is flipping the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I think it was too much. I, we got the message. Yeah, it, it was, was one a of those visual flourishes that wasn't necessary to get across what we um, what we already knew was going to happen, which is that she was going to lose her lose her mind. Yeah, and she looks up when she looks out the window. Ace is no longer there, but the tall man is there, so mm. she's still seeing things. Now, the, there's a downside to being to to hallucinating, and the downside to hallucinating is. When you when you're not hallucinating, but everybody, including yourself, thinks that you are hallucinating. Right. Yeah, I will. Um, we'll start with we'll go. We'll just do this in order, I guess. We'll we'll go back to the, the other thing that was left hanging was Abdi was stuck to a chair, tied to a chair, being near attacked by a dog that pop, an unconscious pop is holding back, right. uh, and Abdi stands up. And drops down onto the chair, which is a wooden chair, which sh- splinters. Very Probably smart thinking. The, Very yeah. good. <laughs> one of the chairs from the glory, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and he manages to get away from the dog, run around, get the dog to chase him into a, what looks like a freight, a freight elevator. elevator yeah. And then close the door of the freight elevator on the dog. And then he goes and grabs an unconscious pop. And brings him to the hospital. Now, we don't see him do it. Mm-hmm. He had to get help, though, right? He gets help. Tim he, Robbins is a big man. You see him get help when he arrives at the hospital. Right. I don't know how mm-hmm. he got Pop into a car. I think it involves dragging him by the feet or something. Maybe, yeah, because Abdi is not a big dude. And, and Tim, Tim Robbins is, is a big dude. Uh, so, meanwhile, we've got Anne going back. And trying to figure out whether she was hallucinating then right. or is hallucinating now. Because it has to be one of those. Except, guys, it's neither of those things. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a downside of psychosis. Because she's going to be the girl who cried wolf all the way up until other people understand what's happening in this town. And by then, of course, it will probably be well, too late. the end of the next episode, you see that... There are people who are understanding what's going on, but it's too late for them, too. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. it, The understanding comes too right late. <laughs> yes. So uh, she goes back to the construction site and sees that the concrete has been poured. She goes up to the Morrison house, but she finds it looks like it's under, under renovation. It doesn't look mm-hmm. the way it looked before when she was here, and it doesn't look like the way it looked when we saw somebody get killed in it previously. There are lights and drop cloths, and it just looks like construction is happening. And she finds a heavy wooden door with a padlock on it on the outside of the door. Right. And she's uh, trying to get inside when a man appears behind her, and that is Abdi's employee that we had seen get killed in episode two? One. Either in episode one or in episode right. two. Um, he's... Axe wounds healed. He's covered in slime. And Annie watches in horror as he eats an egg. Like a raw egg. Mm-hmm. Shell and all. And then he begins yelling at Annie in Somali. And it is not translated. So we actually don't know what... What he's, he's saying, saying. And what he's trying to communicate to her. Uh, and, and I think that's smart. I, it's interesting. I have very strong feelings on captioning and subtitles. And I like when our main character, the one that we're following, if they don't understand the language that's being spoken to them, we should just see, you know, unintelligible. Right. Or, and, and tell <clears throat> me what language it is. 
That's fine. Occasionally you get in our subtitles speaking in a foreign language. Speaking in a foreign language, which is actually the default subtitle rule. I mm-hmm. was I used to do captions and if you even if you knew what the language was and what they were saying, right. often the instructions would be just write speaking in foreign language. Because okay. what a lot of them they what what they don't want is people to go, well, it sounds like Chinese and have it be Vietnamese or so you know what I mean? Like Well also if <laughs> the director is intentionally trying to keep it from you and you understand right. what's being said. Right. You don't want to translate that because that destroys attention right. in the scene. Right. And we watch almost everything with captions. Mm-hmm. So it's also fun to see the subtitle versus caption fight. Because yeah. sometimes a show that doesn't have subtitles or We'll put subtitles because right. they want you to understand what is being said in a different language or too quietly or over over radio. I've seen that done, too, where they're like, it's not coming through clear. You've got to right. you've got to do something. And then inevitably they'll be on top of each other like the two like layers mm-hmm. and you can't read any of it. And it's like you guys, you're doing a bad job. So she runs away. She runs away. And then the opening credits happen. And then we see Pop waking up in the hospital. Nadia is like, you had a small stroke. What happened? And Pop asks if he hurt Abdi. And Nadia is like, did you hurt him? And I'm like, he literally just asked you if he did. He does not know the answer to the question. This is like that game in Whose Line Is It Anyhow? Or anyway, where a person asks a question that has to be answered by a question. By a question. has to be answered by a question. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. And I'm just like... Lady, you know how to listen. Right. What what are you doing? And then uh, back at cabin nineteen, which is where Joy and Annie are staying, Chance, young Chance, knocks on the door and asks Joy if she wants to go look for a dead guy, because it's a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. And what if not a bunch of teens going to look for a dead guy? Then we follow them going to the lake. Eating brownies. Eating brownies. Mm-hmm. They're edibles, y'all. Enjoy. Gets high for the first time. Good for her. At 16, that's a good age. Right. Well, I This still is a good situation <laughs> for a first mm-hmm. drug experience. Well, she's with her friends. She's with she's friends. In right. yeah. They say, you know, one of them is like, dibs if we find the head. And we. this is a reference to... Season one. Season one. Uh, apparently the warden's body was found, but his head never was. Since I'm pretty sure, didn't the dog find it? I think it was reburied by the sheriff. By um, Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, weird shit was happening. So they go and take a boat, row, row into the water. So we there's music playing, but it's non-diegetic. It's, mm-hmm. they're, they're not listening to music, but there is a song playing up. And then when the camera goes under the water, it's very murky. And then that same non-diegetic music is muffled, which is a a Um, weird choice, choice, but it it kind of works for the scene. But when they went back out and they unmuffled it again, I was like, "Are they listening to?" No, it wasn't. Mm. It wasn't. It was. It was just. Or maybe it was trying to capture the sort of weirdness of. It's menacing, and there was like some mysterious noises under Mm -hmm. there, and yeah. Well, the sound that we followed all of season one seems to be going on because she even mentions that. Um, they lose a paddle. Yeah, I was gonna. Mm-hmm. Say, I was gonna come back to that yeah. actually, um, because before that happens, that mm-hmm. we switch back and Nadia and Anna are on the phone. Where Annie is like, "What did you give me? Because I'm hallucinating, mm-hmm. and the drugs that you gave me are wrong." And Nadia is like, "I do not have time for this. My father, sort of, may have hurt my brother." definite and I need to figure some shit out and yeah. also I can't ace is missing like I my my life is a lot and I have a job I can't like worry about your under the table drugs right now like come in we'll talk about it but on the phone and this mm. isn't gonna happen and and Annie comes in hot like what did you do and it's like okay well that's not really a great way to to get somebody on your side Annie comes in hot could be the name of this in the next episode it's true well, yeah. Uh, back on the lake, uh, we see that, or we find out that Chance is emancipated. She's an emancipated minor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Joy, they start talking about swearing, and Joy busts free and 
and says the word fuck like three times. It's very In liberating. And then she realizes that she is on drugs and she's like, is this normal? And they're like, it's fine. And then, of course, yes, one of the young men, I believe the young man loses the paddle mm-hmm. and Joy strips off her overshirt and dives into the lake. Yeah, they're like, layers. It's very cold, but she resurfaces, and she's like, there's a weird sound down there. Then you see them all coming back to the lounge, and I'm like, ugh, she had to hike back in wet jeans. What a bummer. And Chance and Joy separate from the rest of them, and then it seems like they might kiss. They don't kiss. Nope. And then Joy makes it back to cabin 19. She finds, like, the the cabin's been, like, destroyed, and she's like, uh you need to take your pills. I'm going to go get your pills. And then Annie is like, uh, I think it's, I, I'm being poisoned. They're not the right pills. Those pills make me worse, not better. And then she's like, I need to tell you something and you need to listen to me. And Annie confesses murder to her child, which I think is a form of abuse. Well, and then uh, it gets worse. She says, I killed him. He came here. He threatened you and he threatened me and I killed him. I buried him, but he came back. And now Joy is like, is this an emergency? This seems like it might be an emergency. And so she sneaks a syringe Mm -hmm. and when Annie goes to hug her, Joy stabs her in the back with a syringe, which is some sort of um, knockout agent. Right. They had made an emergency protocol at some point in the past in the event that Annie did completely lose her grip. Yeah, and, and became dangerous. Right. So this is the the enacting of those emergency or the putting in place of those emergency protocols between the yeah. two of them. Yep, yep, yep. And so I want to follow that a little bit. So they, th- the writers on the show go ahead and twist what we think, what we would think when we see Annie Wilkes. Mm-hmm. She's going to tie somebody to a bed. Well, no. No, she isn't. Right. She herself is going to be tied to a bed. Now, it's early yet. It's early days. There are ten episodes. It's entirely possible that at some point she ties somebody to a bed. But first things first, she's going to get tied up. Where did you learn these things? I learned them from I you, learned Joy. Them from you. I learned them from watching you. And Joy keeps her mom tied up and keeps trying to feed her pills mm-hmm. after Annie finally will let and says she'll take them. But of course she doesn't swallow them. She's spitting them at mice, which end up dead. And, but Joy still keeps her tied up, leaves her, says, asks if, you know, says, let me know if you need the bedpan. And Annie keeps going, I'm better now. I feel so much better. Thank you so much. And Joy's like, uh-uh, I'm not letting mm-hmm. you go. I'm not She's letting not you go. I'm not letting you go. So meanwhile, Nadia finally locates Abdi, who says, uh, I, the only reason I spared Pop's life was out of consideration for Nadia's feelings, mm-hmm. because they're very close, obviously. Meanwhile, Ace's body visits Pop. It is not Ace. We know it's not Ace. Right. Because Ace is dead. <laughs> this is just the thing that's using Ace's body. And he says that he'd been in Derry, which is pretty funny. And he's he sounds weird, and he doesn't answer normally. And so Pop keeps getting, like, m- more and more mad. And, and he's already pissed off because right. he threw multiple to- cocktails to out the Nadia's window. And so he just starts yelling at him to get out of there. And then we see Ace drinking. He's driving his tow truck, and mm-hmm. he's drinking red wine out of the bottle. A police officer pulls him over. And it's, I guess he is a J.J. Abrams alum, Greg Grunberg, mm-hmm. who gets almost nothing to do. But he yells, you know, something like, put your hands up, fuck nuts, or something like mm-hmm. that, which he does. He Ace reaches his finger, hand out the window and flips him off, which, cool move. And then we go back to the lodge, and he's still unconscious. Oh, oh, this is when Annie wakes up the first time and finds that she is tied to the bed with rope. Joy is texting with Chance, who's letting her know that Ace is still alive. And so Joy just thinks that Annie hallucinated the murder, which is a, a wild thing to hallucinate, but I guess it's better than hallucinating the return of somebody you did murder, because that would, in fact, make you a murderer. 
<sighs> yeah. Right? I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to figure out off. which is worse. <laughs> I think the idea is that Joy believes that her mom is lost her stuff because right. she doesn't believe the murder occurred in the first place. Correct. Correct. And so... And Annie doesn't know mm-hmm. what's real, but she does right. know that she couldn't both have killed this man and have this man be walking around. And then, you know, there's a lot of, this isn't a real emergency. That's what you said you'd say. Right. Like, there's a lot of, I'm not, I can't let you go because we've practiced this and this is, you know... I was told under no circumstances, this, that, and the other. So, uh uh-oh. Some weird thing opened. There we go. Uh, And then we go up to the Marsden house where we meet Valerie Blount of Blount Real Estate. Now, I was like, why does this woman look so familiar? Who is this woman? I don't know who this woman is. This woman is Ruth from the TV show Snowpiercer. Right. But she has very dark hair in this and very not dark hair in Snowpiercer. So that was throwing me off. But she's got also the a accent. very distinctive mouth. She doesn't have her accent right. in this. She does, I believe, have an accent in, in her real life. life. Uh, and so Ace Merrill is there to check out the Marston house to buy it, apparently. And Ace very creepily asks if she can still bear children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Yeah, it's it's upsetting. And then inside the Marston house, she looks around and she sees the renovation, the same renovation that Annie had seen, and is like, this isn't what it's supposed to look like. She runs upstairs, and Greg Grunberg's officer character is in a tub of that's full of slime yes. and bugs, maybe. He apparently is covered in KY jelly. This is what he, he came back to do. And she... I would ask turns for around agent. to find Ace holding mm-hmm. a chain, and then we're going to go ahead and cut right out of that. And then back at the cabin, Annie is having uh, hallucinations. She hallucinates Ace breaking Joy's neck and then throttling her. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joy asks what's in the lockbox in Annie's closet, and Annie says it's just papers. Uh an alarm goes off, and Joy administers uh, Annie's medicine, which she hides in her mouth, spits out again. <laughs> then Joy goes into the kitchen. She's using her phone to look for information about visual hallucinations. Well, Annie manages to break the water glass un- uh, under her pillow. This is a familiar plan. And it's like, mm, Gerald's game. And you and, and Stephanie were both like, is she going to de-glove? And I'm like... It's rope. I hope not. <laughs> like, <laughs> not case hard and steel. Uh, yeah. And she's interrupted in her escape by Joy coming in with a sandwich, begging her to tell her the truth about everything, uh, about who they're running from. Right. And Annie says, you know, your father didn't want you, so I took you and ran away with you. She knows the cops wouldn't see what he was. And Annie says her father's a bad man who's coming to get them. But Joy counters that Annie told her that her father died a war hero. And Joy's, like, not trusting anything mm, that Annie's yeah. maybe ever said to her at this, this point. Because this is obviously another desperate lie. Yeah, these are all desperate lies. And, and jo- poor Joy is like, I don't even know what foundation to start building yeah. truth on. Like, I have nothing to hold on to. Uh, she sees the pills that Annie has spit out on the carpet by the bed and then yells at her that she's been lying. And then someone knocks on the door and Joy goes to answer it. And Annie moves the pillow aside and picks up the broken glass with her mouth before using it to cut the ties that have bound her to the bed. It's at, and in the, in the midst of this, she also dislocates one of her shoulders. Yeah. It's a rough Lizzie Kaplan. Yes, God bless her. She went through really, it for this yeah. scene. Like, it's it's intense. It's one of those unexpectedly physical scenes, and yeah. it's grueling. And she's quiet about it, because meanwhile, mm-hmm. Joy is at the front door of this 
small cabin. Let's mm-hmm. not let's be clear. It is not large. Right. And uh, Nadia is there, and she wants to know what's going on, and Joy is, and why uh, Annie missed her shift at the hospital. Joy says Annie's had a stomach bug. She's feeling better now. When Nadia presses, Joy says that you should have sent her to a head doctor. You don't even know her. Mm. Which, yes, but also, no, like, it's complicated. Annie's managed to free one hand. She's bleeding from multiple face lacerations and wrist lacerations. Mouth lacerations. Mouth lacerations. Yeah. it's uh, When Joy re-enters the room, Joy is horrified grabs for her and she slashes out and cuts Joy in the arm uh-huh. with the shard of glass that's in her. And instantly she's horrified by, to have done that. But mm-hmm. Joy is uh, horrified by everything and just bounces. She's like, right. fuck it, I'm out. And Annie gets herself free and she goes runs out of cabin 19 a few minutes later. Joy is gone. But the tall man is standing there. And Annie run back, runs back into the cabin, drops to the floor, ignoring the dead mouse that's laying there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she starts eating the pills off the floor, but the tall man comes in anyway. And she slowly stands and he speaks to her, telling her she knows how the story ends with Annie killing her. Which my sense is means that Annie believes that she's going to end up being the death of Joy. Right. That is what I read that to, to, to mean. But it is um, it is ambiguous. It is left ambiguous. And so that is the end of Season 2, Episode 3. Uh, you want to go right into the next one? Yeah, we should go right into the next one. say anything one. about that The good thing one. about these episodes, the good thing, th- this season... A lot happens. A lot happens. Both in plot and in dramatics. Yeah. Every episode. And they we just are, leave, everyone is a cliffhanger that leads into another story. Right into the next one. And it, it and the time periods mm-hmm. that are that it's taking are pretty brief. Right. It's a lot packed into a fairly short time period. Yeah, and us following Nadia and Pop and then sort of separately Ace and Abdi and then sort of separately Annie and Joy. Uh, I think it works pretty well going right. back and forth between them. So a lot of ladies in this uh, yeah in this season. I like it. Uh, we start episode four, which is called "Restore Hope." Good luck. I know it's not gonna. It won't. Mm, spoiler alert. Nope. Uh, we we have a flashback to Mogadishu, Somalia, nineteen ninety three. Young Nadia and Abdi are playing together in the marketplace. And we see the United States military arrive. Their mother has decided the best way to ensure their safety is to relocate to America. We do not see their father. If 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 he's around, we don't Yeah, know. if he's even a part of the picture. Uh, Nadia and her mother witness nearby neighborhoods being bombed. Abdi returns home with a large gun that was given to him by one of his friends. His mother says she's returning, returning it to the devil that gave it to him. Um, but Abdi sort of fights her. Finally, he return or he surrenders it after she slaps him in the face and takes it from him because she's a mom and she's not fucking having it. Whoa. I love the idea of a child uh-huh. holding a gun, saying, "I'm not giving it up. I need it to protect the family," and then getting slapped in the face by his mom and then handing the gun over. Well, yeah, like, like, you're not like, tough enough to stop your so, mom. You should not be carrying this gun in, against actual trained soldiers. Yeah, and should I go on a meme tangent? Mm-hmm. There's a few memes coming out that are, um, you know, men saying, "You know, I got this gun. I'm going to protect. I'll do anything I can to protect my family." And it's just like doctors and and dentists. Make sure your kids go to the dentist every six months. Uh, teeth problems really lead to bigger problems in the body. So mm-hmm. to really protect your family's health right. and well-being, make sure they get to the dentist. Or, you know, cook them healthy meals. And, right. and they're like, but I, but this gun, though. And they're like, well, actually, having the gun does not protect. Like, it's more likely that their kids. That going to yeah, exactly. It's all of this thing other, where right? all of that American... I need this gun to for, to protect my family. Mm-hmm. Male energy is 
deeply misplaced and really all you want to do is play soldier yeah you it's not about protecting your family because you won't do the basic shit that is that will so protect your family. your family yeah right. uh so um and but Abdi, you know is a young man he's like he's a kid right. what 13 or something in this uh so nadia and her, or uh, sorry later that evening the kids are packing their mother still hasn't returned nadia goes out to look for her, even though Abby was is like, like it's not safe out there. Don't go out there. Just outside, they uh, encounter several U.S. soldiers on patrol. They are wrestled to the ground by soldiers. Now, let me tell you, this part is rough to yeah. watch. In 2021, it was rough and like it's the same as when Abdi gets bagged and put in the back of a police car. Yeah. It's just like so different. It's been recontextualized by events. Yes. Yes. Time. Absolutely. Um, so the kids are on the ground. Nadia's yelling for her mother, and Abdi's yelling, Drop the gun, because she has not been able to return the gun, so she mm-hmm. still has this gun on her. One of the shoulder, shoulders then. Soldiers. Shul, shul, soul, say it again? Soldiers. Soldier. Wow. I just totally forgot how oh, to make that I word come out of my mouth. Soldier. Mm hmm. It's different than a shoulder. Yes. (laughs) Soldiers shoots their mother. She collapses on the ground. Nadia tries to stop the bleeding. She says, I can save you. It's just a little blood, which is heartbreaking. And we see that's obviously why becoming a doctor doctor is her passion. Uh, And then she can't, you know, she's apologizing and crying over her mother's body because she couldn't stop uh, her from death. That's uh, really rough. And then we have our main credits, which I really like the credits on this show. There's a lot of, um, uh, it's like pages flipping and just things in all caps and circled, like uh, the devil like is yeah. all you can read on one page. And I'm just like, okay, well. Well, it's the marginali- supposedly the marginalia of a person with mental health issues. Oh, is that? It seems to be Annie's writing the secret communications that are coming to her through a book. Oh, interesting. And I'm interested if those books are supposed to oh, be... Oh, the circling and the underlining right. that stuff? Okay. But the books feel a little bit like Stephen King works. Like, I... Or they could be works by the author that she later kidnaps. That's true. Although, probably not, given we what we know uh, yeah, we he writes. She's established a relationship And we him. actually hear yeah. some of the book... Mm-hmm. Which is um, the first misery novel? Right. Uh, Joy is reading it to her uh, in the in that last episode. We have a few shots that establish where we are with everybody. Nadia is watching Pop in the hospital. Ace is cruising the streets in the pickup truck. Joy is sitting at a bus stop and crying. Uh, Ace spots her, pulls up next to her in his pickup, driving in reverse. Well, he asks her questions. I guess as she's walking. Um, she offers her a ride home, but she wisely did not take She's like, no. And then she's like, oh, that's my bus. And then she gets on the bus, which is very good. So I'm just like, don't. Because he's a dirty bird. Don't. Yes. And more so now. And less of a bird now, maybe a bat. Mm, I like bats. Well, I like the big fluffy ones with the pointy dog faces. You don't like the ones with sharp teeth that spread rabies? No, I'm not a big fan of those. Mm. Please don't bite me in the face, bat. Nadia goes to church to volunteer. She she volunteers her time pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's uh, it looks like they've got like a soup kitchen situation going on. Uh, and we see her talking to the pastor, who was the same pastor from the first season. Right. Uh, and... He's like, you know, so we've got a pneumonia check, I think it was. And then also she needs help. And it's Joy sitting there. Mm. Uh, and meanwhile, back at the Stargazer, Chance breaks into the cabin and steals the lockbox that Joy wants uh, to open and see what's in there. She's caught by Annie uh, but bounces out or like bounces anyways and and has pushed the lockbox out the window so Annie didn't see that she took it Uh, and she shouts at her she's like Joy needs to come home and Chance is like 
you need to take a look at yourself. Yeah. Because she is covered in cuts and blood. Like, this clearly is not a safe place for a child to be. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Joy is talking to Nadia. She's like, you know, I, I should have caught it earlier. And Nadia's like, none of this is your fault. And Joy begs that uh, to stay with Nadia while this is all figured out, which is a bananas thing to ask somebody. But I guess Joy doesn't sort of know any better. Yeah. And, this, um, you know, Nadia is telling Joy that sometimes it helps to feel responsible for a situation because then you feel like you can control it. Uh, and then we flash back, of course, to her standing over her mother's body trying to stop the bleeding. And then we uh, have a meeting between Nadia and Annie in a coffee shop. And Nadia is like, Joy's staying with me. And then Annie lies a bunch. And uh, Nadia is like, I'm not going to fall for your bullshit, basically. And I'm like, yeah, except Annie definitely knows where you live because she's definitely already broken into your house And once. also the very next scene is her going and to... And so she does. She goes yeah. to the house. She pounds on the door. And Abdi opens the door and holds a gun to... Just pulls a pistol and holds a gun to Annie's head. And it's like, she's not... She doesn't want to see you. And I'm like... I want Abdi as a bodyguard. Right. This he's like really doing the thing for this girl that he does not know at all. Right. Well, he um, probably feels some sympathy for given her situation. Yeah. And Annie screams Joy because she sees her up in the top floor, but Joy doesn't doesn't come out. Meanwhile, we jump back to Ace, who's not Ace. And uh He's watching videos, home videos of the Merrill family when not like right after Abdi and Nadia had come. Right. And he's trying and he's like repeating things that Ace on the video is saying. So he's like trying to get the right cadence and and word choices. He's a method actor. Yes. Well, that's not method. Well, he's actually trying to inform himself after inhabiting the bodies. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's so uh, Chris shows up and is like, stop acting fucking weird and turn that off. It's creepy. Uh, and then also, like, your dudes, like your bros out here are talking about shooting up Somalis. So you need to get a fucking handle on this yeah. shit. Like, we don't need a fucking civil war. Back at the hospital, Nadia talks to Abdi and he says he'll stay with Joy until she gets home. And she goes into Pop's room and Pop apologizes for treating Abdi the way that he treated him. Nadia stops and is like, the chemotherapy isn't working the way that we had hoped. And you need to, like, agree to some clinical trials. And Pop's like, I'm dying. Like, I, it's, it's dumb to keep fighting the inevitable. Uh, meanwhile, we've got Annie returning to the lodge. Uh, she sees Ace talking on his cell phone, so she hides in her Jeep. And then she hears him, spe and he's speaking French. And I'm like, Ace doesn't speak French. Nope. Well, uh, he speaks French in the colloquial sense. Yeah. Pardon well, my French. Pardon my, yes, exactly. Uh, later that night, we see Ace get in the pickup truck with several duffel bags and drive to the Marston house, where the realtor is. Mm -hmm. And uh, Abdi's uh, sort of general or lieutenant is there waiting for him. And it is clear that they are not those people anymore. Just like Ace is not Ace anymore. Uh, Chris and Nadia are drinking and uh, are, uh, as they're discussing Pop's health, uh, she feels responsible for Pop and her mother. And she feels guilty for not saving them. Uh, at, at church, Pop's out of out of the hospital now, and mm -hmm. he goes and is like, uh, "I'm. I feel so guilty. Do I tell Nadia what I did?" Which we still don't know. Right. So I made clear to until the end of this episode. Uh, which we know also that Abdi knows whatever this is, and that Nadia is in the dark about it. 
And the pastor asks how much it will hurt. And, or what's the cost? Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, I, I just feel so bad and uh, I'm willing to give up anything because I don't have anything left, right? Like, this is it. I'm at the end. And he's like, not the cost to you. The cost of the person who you're telling. It's the same as they do in AA, which is, you know, make amends. But, you know, if you did something heinous to somebody and telling them that you did it is only going to cause pain and won't cause any good for them. There's no resolution. Then you're only doubling down on the hurt now that Mm. you've caused. So uh, he has, he just, uh, Pop basically is like, well, I'm going to take the secret to my grave then. Okay. Uh, Good choice. He goes to the shop. He runs into Chris and he says, close down the bar tomorrow. Four o'clock. We're having a wake. And Chris is like, you could still fight. You've got another chemo round coming up. Pop refers to the chemo and various things that they've tried so far as pissing into the wind. He is ready to be done. Uh, back at Nadia's house, Chance delivers the lockbox to Joy. Uh, she says um, she put more minutes on the cell phone that Joy has and tells Joy to call her before leaving. And then... She's like, well, do you know the combination? She And Joy's like, it was probably my birthday. So then we see Joy settling down with this lockbox. It's a four-digit padlock. And she tries some things, and it's not working, and it's not working. And then she, she I guess in the tone of her mother, says, mm-hmm. Christmas, Joy. And then we figure that it's 1225, right? It's right. Christmas. And But it's not clear what she puts into the thing. Inside, she finds a handgun, which she goes outside and buries. Uh, and a CD-ROM with the manuscript of a novel on it, which is The Ravening Angel, which is what the box that she was in when she was a baby set on the outside. Okay. Elsewhere, uh, Annie is has gone full Goldie Hawn in... <clears throat> Death becomes her and is eating ice cream out of the tub. She's watching TV. She's she probably can't eat anything but ice cream mm-hmm. anyways after the glass that she had yeah. in her mouth before. And she's clearly like fully distraught. The 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 house is a fucking wreck. Uh and then Nadia, we we, we go over and we see Nadia. She and Chris are in bed together. She wakes up next to her, or next to him, and she goes to check her phone, uh, where she finds out that a spot is open in the clinical trial, but they need Pop's discharge papers, which I love. They left the, the dude left a message. He says, I need his DD-214. She, he says DD-214. They would have referred to it as the DD-214. And you know this because... But I know this because I used to work in asbestos litigation. Yeah, you did. And many of our clients were uh, service members. And the DD-214 is, in fact, a discharge paper that you do need to have to prove that somebody was in the military. That is, like, the only kind of way to prove somebody's military service. And that's a complete record of everything that happened to them or that they experienced? Everything on their record would be there, right? No, it isn't. It's a single sheet of paper, so it's it, it's never more than a sheet of paper. It's just one form, mm-hmm. but it will show because the thing that she ends up finding isn't the DD two fourteen. It's a it's a thicker file with other forms in it, um, but it will show uh, entry to exit from. Uh, standing, so whether it was honorable or dishonorable, okay. any awards uh, or commendations given, things like that. It's just a, a piece of paper that's sort of a summary. Um, I don't believe I ever saw one that had actual operations listed on it, mm-hmm. but that isn't to say that that isn't necessarily the case. The ones that I was looking at were often for service members that were dispatched in the 60s and 70s. Okay rather than the 90s. So the form may have changed some over over the time. All right. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, oh, I love when they use the real thing. Like when he said DD214, I was like, that's true. 
he's like, he should have a copy of it, or you can order it from the military itself, which could take months. And let me just tell you, that is also true. It was one of the very first things that we did when we had a new client intake because it could take four to six weeks is what they say. Mm -hmm. It's actually one to five months that it actually could take them to, to get it back to you. Uh, so I was like, oh, I hope he has a copy. And she goes ahead and heads to the Emporium Glorium to find his office to look for the paperwork. Uh, and is finally successful. She finds underneath, so there are hanging folders and then flat on the bottom of the uh, file cabinet drawer, there is a folder of what looks like military records. So she goes to leave and she finds those two goons that Ace has been hanging out yeah. with who attack her, hold her down. I was like, are they fixing to rape her? Because they held her down in a way that made it seem we like suggested that, yeah. that would be what, you know, what they were going to do. She, however, has different plans. Fortunately, she knows where all of Pop's guns are, and under the counter is one of them. So she pops the pistol from under the counter that they had pushed her down mm -hmm. onto, and she fires down, like, into the floor, which causes the one that was holding her down to back up off of her. She gets up, turns around, holds the gun on them. They keep mocking her, which is a fucking move that I do not understand. They don't think that she has it in her. They're like, do you even know how to use that? I'm like, she's already fired it once. It's clear right. she knows how to release the safety and pull the trigger, which is all that you need to do some damage. And so she fires again at him. It's a warning shot. It's not directly at him. It's next to him. Uh, but that allows her to get... Uh, out of there but it's like it's a it's a gross scene but also good for her then we have the wake it's pop's wake there's a there's a whole ass coffin filled with beer which is pretty great uh the music is playing there's some good irish Irish songs playing in the background, which I appreciate. The realtor and the officer both enter the party. So we've got like... An invasion force. Like, yeah, they're like body snatched. Yeah. That's kind of how I think about them. We still don't know by whom or what. Something that speaks French, because Ace now speaks French. Like all horrible things. I'm just kidding. But beyond that, it's unclear. Uh, Nadia, meanwhile, is, uh, reading through this file, this pretty thick file of papers, and she finds that in addition to Iraq, which she knew he was in, and Afghanistan, which she thought he was in, he also served in Somalia, in something called Operation Gothic Serpent, which is <laughs> That's a bit so much. Chris starts uh, delivering the eulogy, but Pop is like, nah, let me do this. <laughs> Which I guess if you have the chance to deliver your own eulogy, you take it. The only way to do something right is to do it himself. And so he starts on a pretty sardonic uh, eulogy. He talks about how Ace and Chris were his sister's children, who he raised to be the men they are today. And then he turns... No great shakes, you mean. Yeah, right. Then uh, the eulogy turns to Nadia and Abdi and says that fostering them was just another debt to be settled. He says it was, he starts by saying it was, what did he say? A What he's saying is that this is the old one noble action he's taken. He says something like that, but then he's like, no, that wasn't it. The, it debt. was just another debt to be settled. Meanwhile, as this is going on, Chris confronts Ace and he's like, did you, did you tell Nadia? Anything, what, what, anything, what, ha or what happened? And Ace is like, I don't know what you're talking about, but there is probably something else going on, and says, I'll show you what it is. And Chris follows Ace out of the pub, which does not bode well for Chris. You shouldn't follow Ace anywhere. You shouldn't be alone with him. He's gonna do something bad to you. As that, as he's uh, leading, as Ace is leading Chris to the church, um, we also see Timothy, who is. 
the young man that uh, Joy had been spending time with, uh, along with Chance, and I think Vera is the other one's name. He had gone to the wake and was stealing beer out of the coffin and gets caught by Pop, apologizes. Pop's like, what are you apologizing for? Is any of the kids that you're taking this to under 14? And Timothy's like, no. And he goes, and then take some more beer. So Pop is fine with the... Uh, d- what is it, contributing to the delinquency of a minor as long as they aren't too minor, I guess. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's what the fuck are they going to do? They don't, None of them have cars. It's shitty beer. It's like, it's going to be fine. Except, whoops, uh, Abdi's right-hand man, that's the dude that is under the thrall, uh, still under the thrall of whatever they're under the thrall of, runs Timothy over uh, in a truck. The realtor woman uh, seduces the bartender, leads him to the back room where she stabs him in the head. And the officer pulls over the town councilwoman who is drunk and, um, you know, leads her. He says, I'll give you a ride home or whatever, but then chokes her to death after putting her in the back of a cop car, which, again, rough. Yeah. It's rough. Uh, meanwhile, Ace tells Chris he's had a conversion of sorts and begins telling the story of Salem's Lot, which used to be called New Jerusalem 400 years ago. Uh, Ace tells Chris it's a, that a very special group of people settled New Jerusalem and the land still belongs to them, and he claims that they fought enemies from east and west but never surrendered. And Chris is like, what the fuck? are you talking about, but still follows him to the basement of the church where Ace attacks him and stabs him in the gut, which is rough. There is a really convincingly done fight in this film. I I liked it. I liked the idea that it's shown for all of its gory scariness. And Ace and Chris are definitely brothers who've beaten the shit out of each yeah. other before. Well, we've like, seen something like that in the videotape where he's yes, fighting Abdi. It's that's just like, true. This is what he does. Yeah. Uh, Chris fights back, gets Ace off of him, makes it upstairs to the nave of the church where he collapses in front of the altar and he's calling for help from the pastor who mm-hmm. arrives um, and says he'll call an ambulance except I don't, he he's not he's not the pastor the anymore. Pastor anymore. Which is a pity because he was a good pastor. Yeah. He seemed to be a decent dude throughout. Mm. He connected Nadia and Joy. He offers Pop like good advice on what right. he should do with Nadia. And when one of the undead, one of when uh, Abdi's right hand man smiles at him outside, he does not smile back. Thinking so, it seems like he might be like in the fight against them, but he right. has been overtook. He tells Chris tells the pastor to hurry. But he returns with a, like a cold expression on his face, and what does he have? Is it a monstrance? Um, Is that what it's called? I believe so. That's what I was trying to look at right now. Let me just look at the title because I don't want to get it wrong. I'm seeing the word monstrance. It looks like a star, mm-hmm. and um, it's the thing that yeah um, they keep the consecrated host in. Yes. Yeah, so once yes, the monstrance. So once Which is a crazy title for it. <laughs> once the host is consecrated and becomes sacred, it's put in there for public display. Okay. So you hold it aloft so everyone can see it. And I remember it took me back to when we were at a chapel, you and I visiting, and uh, you saw a Im- an image of the Virgin of Guadalupe. And you asked why she was spiky. And I'm like, yes. it's, it's radiant. It's, it's radiant. Like so this thing looks like, yes, it looks like a sun. It looks like a, mm. like a gold sun. It is spiky on the outside. And that spikiness goes right into Chris's neck. It's, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Rougher for me. I yeah, think, rougher for you. Because it's a sacred object and it's just being defiled. And so yeah. I was like, oh, you know, but... But yeah, I was, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then Ace comes upstairs from down from the basement and smiles at the pastor, and the pastor smiles back. So the pastor's been overtook. No Father Callahan is he. Well, being the, the way that the people are overtook, I don't think they have much of a chance. 
it, it doesn't looks like they're seem like through it. acts of violence. Yeah, they have to be so killed to turn. You can't defend so, yourself against two or three possessed people. That's true. You're stuck. Yeah. And their body snatched. So right. they don't seem. They seem like, oh, this is a hot woman, well, no, or a, this is a, a person who comes up to you who you police know officer. Seems, you know, right, exactly. Whatever. And they wind up coming up to you, and it seems like the same way that he trapped this unfortunate young man. <laughs> Um, the same way probably that he was trapped. So yes. He just probably thought it was one of his parishioners. Probably. And then whack. Yeah. Uh, back at the wake, Nadi has come in as Pop has sort of devolved into saying that the, the, that the adoption or the fostering was a debt, just a debt to be settled, mm. but it couldn't be settled. It can't be settled. It can't be settled. And he's like sort of devolved into this... Um, this repetition sort of in his own head. Right. And Nadia comes up to confront him and he sort of shakes himself out of it and says, if anybody could save him, it would be her, but he's done fighting the cancer. And Nadia responds by saying, I found your discharge papers and learned all the places you were at in the military. And Despite his decision not to tell her, it is clear that she knows. She knows. Uh, he starts calling her in, uh, Inanta, mm-hmm. or in Inante, which is daughter in Somali, and uh, it is it is shown then that. Not only was he in Somalia, but he is the one who shot her Yes, mother. which wasn't a mystery to us. No. Uh, Nadia sees in Pop's face that it's true, and she tells him to fuck off, and she leaves the bar in tears, and he is horrified, and that is the end. And I will say this. Here's a man who has run a small crime syndicate in this town. He knows how to get rid of evidence. I think he wants to get caught. He wanted to get caught because the thing that she found is made out of paper. And you know what paper does? Burns. Well, see, I think that that was coming evident in the fact that he wanted to tell her himself. It would relieve him of a burden, so to speak. But it's not... He, the priest was right. The damage he will do to her by relieving himself of a burden, and that's all that can happen, is that he feels worthy of loathing and hate, so he kind of invited this to happen. He knew that it was going to probably be discovered after his death. Yes. I think that's probably right. But also I think he may hate himself enough for doing it that he mm-hmm. wanted it to be found during his life. Like, uh, yeah, it's 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 rough. It's hard. Um, but I'm just like, if he didn't want to be caught, fire. Yes. Light that file up. It's not complicated, right? And I guarantee you he's burned a lot of evidence before and, and yeah. may again still. This is so, a guilty man. Yeah. So that is those two episodes. Uh, we are 40% of the way through. Feeling good about it? I'm actually feeling good about it. This first season I enjoy. There's a lot of actors I enjoy in it. But the second season has the virtue of moving along very quickly. It and does. there's an equal amount of action and adventure. And, and there's enough what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. combined with continuous forward momentum. Right. That I'm still, I'm not frustrated that I don't know what's going on. But I'm going to need in the next couple of episodes them to tell us what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I think they will. I don't think that um, I don't think I'll leave it behind too long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so next week we're going to watch uh, The Laughing Place and The Mother are the two episodes. Mm-hmm. Episodes five and six. Uh, in the meantime, in addition to relaxing this weekend. Did you see anything that you'd like to recommend to our dear listeners? Um, No, but I had a really strange viewing experience. Fun. I watched a film that I had never seen before and it's called After Hours and I watched it on HBO Max after um, 
watching Godzilla a second time, Godzilla versus Kong, and realizing that I didn't like it as much the second time because there was far less Godzilla than I wanted in a movie called Godzilla. But um, what I noticed, this was an, uh, a film by Martin Scorsese. Um, and it was done in 1985, and it was after his first failed attempt to get The Last Temptation of Christ off the ground. Okay. So he did this very I strange... I forgot that was a Scorsese movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's a very, it's a very strange um, kind of Kafka-esque movie about a man who follows an attractive girl, not follows her, but she gives him her number when he is, uh, when she catches him reading Henry Miller at a cafe. They have a brief conversation. He has her number, so he tries to call her back. And she invites him over to where she's in Soho. And it's just this whole long comedy about him trying to get back home. And it was recommended to me originally by a screenwriting teacher years ago because mm-hmm. he thought that something I'd submitted for the class reminded him of this film. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is a story that takes place all within a few hours of night, mm-hmm. and it keeps compounding the, the misery of this character. It's sort of like a grown-up adventures in babysitting, yes. it feels like. But um, there's some issues that are problematic, like there are almost exclusively evil women in this film. But then that also goes along with almost evil people in this film. Um, and there are some really funny bits. One of the things that's most surprising is the for 1985, the number of gay characters in this story. Oh, yeah. Uh, and how they interact. And they're not shamed in any way. They're just gay characters who happen to be in this story. Um and the so cast that was, is pretty intense. Yes, the cast is intense. Linda Fiorentino, who I absolutely love. I'm saying Rosanna Arquette, right. Verna Bloom, who I don't know. Thomas Chong. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yes. <laughs> Just Griffin Dunn, that. Linda Fiorentino, Terry Garr, John Hurd, Cheech Marin, and Catherine O'Hara. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like, if you can show up and do this film, show up and do the film. Uh, but... It wound up being really similar to some of the strange stuff I was writing at the time. And also that I still do. Anybody who cared to read it, uh, I just submitted a story to uh, the ghost story competition that all takes place in two hours of one night. Right. So that's kind of what I like to do. And it's funny just seeing that, oh, somebody else had already explored kind of this territory only with slightly less horror. But the, the, the things he has to get through to get through the night were... Actually, pretty funny. Yeah. And pretty scary at the same time. But um, but anyhow, yeah, that's 1985, so I'm going late to that, too. Yeah, that's fine. So, did you have anything you want to share? Yeah. So, I'm binging a thing, y'all. Oh, what are you binging? I am binging Ink Master. Oh, you said that last week. Uh, I'm going to say it again, because I'm going to be binging it for like five weeks, y'all. Okay. I'm in season three. It's real good. There's so many more seasons to go. Uh... It's been said on other podcasts and various other places that Paramount TV Plus's user interface sucks balls, and I'm here to go ahead and second that. Okay. Uh, But, yeah, no, that's what I've been listening to. Oh, I would also recommend, I haven't listened to this yet, but if you're a My Brother, My Brother and Me fan, Mm -hmm. today on 420... They've dropped their episode 420. They left a holding place. They they released 419 then 421. <laughs> they released an episode today. I like I said I haven't listened to it, but it is a eulogy for a friend and that friend is Yahoo Answers. Uh, uh they have funny. been using four to five times an episode every episode every week for over 500 episodes. Yahoo Answers for fodder for their show. Mm-hmm. Today is the last day that you could um, ask a question on Yahoo Answers, right. and or maybe yesterday was. Mm-hmm. They are archiving it or like blocking it so you could still go to the website. And then on f- May fourth, they are taking it down. Which four twenty and May fourth seem like targeted. Those seem like right. targeted dates that they are doing to people. Uh, but yes, so I'm just seeing now in my feed that they uh, that Mabim Bam has dropped episode 420. It is a eulogy for a friend. They are going to be discussing 
Yahoo answers and also maybe being high. I don't know. I don't know. I have not listened to it yet. So those are the two things. Watch Ink Master with me. It's so good. They had to tattoo on people's eyelids. Oh, no, no. What are we doing? Says the girl who is hoping for a watercolor tattoo challenge so I can get some ideas for my watercolor tattoo that I want to get. Uh, but also episode 420 of My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Okay. Uh, we will be out back next week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, you know what else I will recommend? What? Because I thought it was fun. Um, Thunder Force. Yeah, which is funny because I saw that one again this weekend. Oh, yeah? Our other roommate wanted to see it. Didn't she? Oh, was she sick? She was. This is during the time that she was not well. Yes. So Thunder Force is the new Melissa McCarthy movie. Yes, she made it with Ben Falcone. So, yes, it could be better. Sorry. I appreciate mm-hmm. that she appreciates the work environment that she gets to create when she makes a movie with her husband. Right. Also, he's not a very good director. <laughs> so it's it's rough. But mm-hmm. it's her and Octavia Spencer. Jason Bateman's doing some wild shit in here. It's a fun watch. Yeah. Especially if it's 420 and you're a little bit high. Do it makes probably thing. much more sense when you're high. And so that is that's the other thing. I thought that was pretty fun. So that's gonna do it for this week. Next week, the two episodes of Castle Rock. Join us. It's on Hulu. You can totally get to it. Uh you can ask us questions or give us comments. You know, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out mm-hmm. via email at latecomerspod at gmail.com, on Twitter at latecomerspod, on Facebook, latecomerspodcast. I will also say this. The episode that you are listening to right now is the 99th episode wow. of the Stephen King series. We've been busy. Yes. I'm trying to determine how I'm going to number the next one. I think I might do. Well, I mean, the next one will be. Yeah, no, this one will be 99. So I think the next one is going to be season five, episode 100, which is going to look like 5100. Mm. We have not done 5100 episodes of the show. But I also don't want to make it season six. So if anybody has a creative solution, help me out. Okay. <laughs> Until then, I remind you to take your medicine. And if that includes a vaccine, great. Take it. And until next time, we remind you, better Better late late than than never. never.